Going to begin in Carborough, where police are investigating a shooting that occurred around 1230 Tuesday afternoon near Carborough Plaza. Officials say two individuals got into an argument, then one of them pulled out a firearm and fired multiple shots before fleeing on foot. Luckily, no one was injured, but if you have any information, contact the Carborough PD. Meanwhile, in Hillsborough, Orange County DA Jeff Neiman says no charges will be filed against the sheriff's deputy who shot and injured a suspect on August 25th. Deputies were trying to serve an arrest warrant on Derek Williams when he fled. An investigation found that Williams pointed a loaded gun at the deputy on two occasions and tried to fire but could not get the gun to go off. In a statement released yesterday, Neiman said the shooting was a tragic event, direct quote, but the deputy acted out of a reasonable fear for his life. Over now to Chapel Hill, where Jess Anderson was sworn in on Monday as the town's new mayor and three new town council members took their oaths of office as well in a meeting that featured optimism about the future, but also a celebration of the recent past. 97.9 The Hills, Brighton McConnell has more. It has been an honor and a privilege to serve a community that I so love. Pam Heminger took the dais for a final time Monday night and signed off on her eight-year tenure as Chapel Hill mayor. It also marked perhaps the last time she will hold public office after a stretch of serving on town commissions, the Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools Board of Education, and the Board of Orange County Commissioners. Heminger said she is proud of her work and the town's accomplishments across her time in office, pointing to helping shift Chapel Hill from largely being a bedroom community when she began to boasting a diverse business portfolio. Her tenure is also marked with several pivotal moments in recent local history, including the COVID-19 pandemic. Heminger mentioned the challenges of coordinating the local response to the pandemic across more than two years with her fellow mayors. The daily meetings, briefings, the alarming concerns about health, safety, and economic welfare were pretty overwhelming. Y'all people died. It was just hard. Yet we did persist. While reflective and poignant, the town council meeting was also more celebratory and jovial than normal business meetings. Heminger presented Anderson with the special mayoral hard hat and ribbon-cutting scissors used at ceremonies, while departing council members of Ty Wynn and Michael Parker also offered their thanks and appreciation to voters in their own unique ways. In the famous words of Aristotle, like my belly button, I'm outie. My wish for the new mayor and the new council members is I hope each and every one of you has as much fun as I've had being on council and enjoys it as much as I've had. So once again, thank you, Chapel Hill. I've had a blast. Those new council members. I, Melissa McCullough. I, Theodore Nollert. I, Elizabeth Sharp. Were each sworn into their first four-year terms on the board while Amy Ryan was sworn in for her second term and then chosen to be mayor pro tem. For the town of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Congratulations. Thank you. Following the ceremonies, the newly formed council took their seats and Mayor Anderson shared thoughts on the pivotal moment she believes Chapel Hill faces. She pointed to the challenges presented to local governments across the country as they balance tackling climate change, increased housing demand, and strained affordability. With Chapel Hill not being immune from those, Anderson said it means the community must, quote, collectively embrace change. We have an exciting new opportunity ahead of us, implementing our complete community vision. If we do this right, I'm confident we'll not only address these challenges, but build on what we all love about Chapel Hill, 
becoming a model for municipalities in the South and beyond. Anderson forecasted some of that change, saying Chapel Hill will re-examine how the town presents information and engages its constituents. She said she remains committed to her campaign promises of helping the public stay better informed on the town's processes and decision-making, adding that she'll explore ways to better incorporate public feedback. One way was approved on Monday night, as the council voted to move all start times for business meetings up one hour to 6 p.m. Here's Anderson. Today is an exciting new day. With your support and participation, I'm confident we can overcome our challenges, embrace opportunities, and write a new inspiring chapter in the story of Chapel Hill. So let's get started moving Chapel Hill forward together. I present to you your new Chapel Hill Town Council. For photos of the swearing-in ceremonies at Monday night's Chapel Hill Town Council meeting, visit chapelborough.com. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. And finally, in health news, state officials are reporting a spike in respiratory disease as we head into the winter, including flu and COVID-19. It is that season, so no surprise. Flu-related hospitalizations are on the rise, and 22 North Carolinians have now died of the flu since the season began. COVID-related hospitalizations held steady last week, but there has been a spike in COVID particles found in wastewater up to its second-highest level since last January. Experts are urging everyone to keep taking basic precautions, including staying up up to date on your flu and COVID vaccines. Visit our website, chapelboro.com, for more local news, including a look back at all the top news stories that define the year 2023 in our community. We're going to be featuring a new story every day through the rest of the year. Time now for sports brought to you this hour by the Generator Super Center. Carolina men's basketball needed to win after two straight close losses to top 15 teams, and they got it in style last night, rolling over seventh ranked Oklahoma 81 69 at the Jumpman Invitational in Charlotte. The unbeaten Sooners were averaging 84 points a game, but the 11th ranked Tar Heels held them to just 40% shooting and forced 18 turnovers. Carolina never trailed. Oklahoma was able to cut a 15 point deficit down to five with just five minutes to left, but that was as close as they got thanks to this clutch three from R.J. Davis. Ingram between the circles to R.J. Davis for three, knock it home from the right wing. If you need a bucket, who else? That made it an eight-point game, and then just a couple minutes later, with just over a minute left on the clock, and Oklahoma still hanging around down just six, Harrison Ingram made this shot to seal the deal. Ingram now on the left sideline. Shot clock's down to five. Carolina really hadn't done anything. Ingram loses it, gets it back. He's going to have to shoot and banks it home from the left side. Second win of the season against a top 10 opponent for Carolina in a game that wrapped up a rough stretch on the schedule. Five games in their last six were against opponents ranked in the top 25. After the win, head coach Hubert Davis. We had to be disciplined and we had to make the right plays on both ends of the floor. I thought defensively we did a really good job uh, defending their actions. I thought we did a good job, particularly in the second half, rebounding the basketball. And just guys just stepped up and made plays on the offensive end. I can just name everybody that went into the game, made a winning play on both ends of the floor, and came away with a really good win. Four Tar Heels scored in double figures. Harrison Ingram once again with 11 points and seven boards. Cormac Ryan with 13 points and seven boards. Armando Baycott with 14, a game-high eight rebounds plus three blocks. And, of course, R.J. Davis once again leading the way with 23 points and five assists. Coach Davis with a pretty good summary. 
pretty nice when you have a guy named R.J. Davis on your team. Tar Heel Sports Network, courtesy uh, bringing us that audio that was an emotional game for the Tar Heels on top of the win on the court. The Heels also paid tribute to the late, great Eric Montross in many ways off the court as well. That extended out into the stands with a lot of fans playing tribute too. The Tar Heels are now off for a week before returning to Chapel Hill to host Charleston Southern. That game's going to be next week, Friday. Over to football, where yesterday was National Signing Day for the 2024 class. 27 players in all officially committed to Carolina. That's UNC's largest recruiting class in 15 years. Biggest news yesterday was from a player who did not sign with UNC. Wide receiver Keenan Jackson had been committed to Carolina, but flipped to NC State at the last minute. Still, UNC ended up with the 25th ranked recruiting class in the nation, according to 24-7 Sports, led by six four-star prospects, including defensive back Zion Ferguson and Jaden Patterson out of Georgia, defensive back Malcolm Ziegler from Fuquay Varina, offensive lineman Andrew Rosinski of Georgia, and two in-state wide receivers, Alex Taylor and Jordan Ship. Here's head coach Mac Brown talking about the class of 2024. Amazingly, it's uh, it's the best academic class we've ever had. So 21 of those signees will be here in January as early enrollees. I don't think we've ever had over 12, maybe 13. Um, so they will be a great addition to our, our team moving forward. Not that it matters because everybody grades them differently, but 12 uh, four-stars, 15 three-stars, uh, 14 guys on defense and 12 on offense and one specialist. So we had a very balanced class. When you start looking at it, five All-Americans, uh, 15 All-State selections. Currently that could change, obviously, and um, probably the most captains we've ever had as, as well, which is important. Uh, but as I said, the um, by far the best academic group we've ever signed and really, really proud of, of these guys. That's Mac Brown there. Elsewhere in sports, Tar Heel soccer legend Cindy Parlo-Cone is being honored as a recipient of the NCAA's Silver Anniversary Award, which goes to distinguished athletes on the 25th anniversary of the end of their college careers. Parlo had a good one. Four ACC titles, two national championships, three National Player of the Year awards. That's just with UNC. She also won two Olympic gold medals and the 1999 Women's World Cup with Team USA. Today, she's the president of the U.S. Soccer Federation, first woman ever to hold that office. And speaking of stars in women's sports, some incoming Tar Heel lacrosse players just got big preseason honors. Inside Lacrosse Magazine is named attacker Chloe Humphrey as the top-ranked freshman of the year and goalie Betty Nelson as number four, with Evan Greeley and Grace Ann Leonard also making the top 25. Carolina women's lacrosse season begins on February 10th with a match at James Madison. And finally, in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice tonight, taking on the Penguins in Pittsburgh. That game starts at 7.